Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Dakota Bates, IT manager at SES AI Corp. Um, hi, how's it going there? Uh, welcome to the program, Dakota. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to start off with our icebreaker segment. Uh, we usually start, it's random access memories. I'm going to ask you a question and then respond with the answer. You just respond with the answer that comes to your head first. Very simple. So the first question you have is if you were to design a computer, what would it look like? Probably say it'd be black and pink and as small as possible and as powerful as possible. There you go. I, I know it's actually um, the the listeners won't be able to see, but you're you're wearing a, a shirt that and a hat that is both black and pink. Right. Are those your favorite colors? I would say so. Yeah. And this is also yeah. my uh, my clothing brand. So that's why I'm Lo- wearing it on the show. <laughs> what is the go ahead and say what the clothing brand is so uh, so they know. Uh yeah, so for those that can't see, uh it's called the Humble and Kind Project. I started it about 3 months ago, um just because with the way the world is today, uh we there's a lot of negativity and I figured that all right, this is a great way to uh <clears throat> spread some positivity and honestly, regardless of what political side you're on, you know, what religion or anything, any of that kind of stuff, I believe pretty much anyone would agree that everyone should be humble and kind. So here I am. That's why I started it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, and, 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 and black and pink. I love the, I love the contrast. It's actually really cool. So, so, um, it's a cool shirt. So you guys should check it out. Um, your next, uh, your next question is if you could invent, uh, one thing to make your IT work life better, what would that be? I don't know if it would be a device or an incentive for people to actually follow procedures. <laughs> a device <laughs> or an incentive for people to follow procedures. Wow, that's a, that's a tall order. <laughs> I think it would make pretty much any IT professional's life a lot easier if we get that done. <laughs> um, here's your last question before we kind of get into it. Uh, uh, what technology are you surprised that still exists? Are you surprised to think that still exists today? Hmm. That's a good question. Most of the environments I'm dealing with are pretty up to spec. Um, I'm trying to think. I guess desk phones. I don't know why. To me, that still surprises me that we have we have desk phones. <laughs> I I don't have a desk phone. I, I, I stopped that a long time ago. I I didn't like having to pick it up and and stuff like that. I I use it on the computer. I'm you know and or just you know. Chat like we're doing right now. So it's amazing that we still have phone calls to just call some people. And when I can just go, hey, look at you right here. I can talk to you face to face. I think that's I think that's more powerful in my opinion. I completely agree. And I mean, I and most people, yeah, I think most people don't have a phone. But I still have people currently in my office that are you know adamant about having their desk phone. So I'm like, okay. It, you know, I, it, it's interesting. It might come out of a comfort, you know, of always having it. Um, I know there's, you know, there's some things that if you're comfortable, you've been doing it for a long time, and and you uh, um, you you have a harder time letting it go. Sometimes, th- I mean, that happens a lot in IT, right? Uh, it happens a lot everywhere. But yeah, you know, I, I why have you been doing this? I've been doing it my whole entire life, so I just continue to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't know if it was your last podcast or, the, or no. Or I think it was two podcasts ago. There was you guys were talking about that about how people like a lot of IT professionals get stuck in their ways and uh, they just will do however they do one thing they're going to do that the rest of their career. 
and and it's and it's tough to change the mold. It's you know it's tough to kind of move them around. Um, uh, but I, I do feel like um, you have to. I feel like change is <laughs> is required to to keep moving in IT, especially because it just never stops changing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if it's more convenient and more secure, then I'm all for it, especially for the end users. If it's more convenient, it's easier for them to understand, then I am all behind it then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about you for a minute. Um, IT manager. Um, and uh, and I was looking, you know, as, as I always do with everybody, jump on LinkedIn, take a look at, at what's going on. Uh, um, you know, you've you've worked at it, it looks it sounds like you, you know, uh, um, it's you've got like almost a typical startup where, where you, you you come in as a um, <clears throat> you know you come in and you engineer system administrator right up to IT manager um, and in quite I, I would say a pretty uh, um, a pretty rapid pace has that I mean does that kind of track with what uh, what you've done Yeah, no, exactly. I mean the the only thing I'd probably correct is the the engineer role that I had, I was basically just a ticket maker for that company. So basically all I was really doing was making tickets and then assigning them to their proper team. I mean, they, yeah, they gave us, yeah, yeah, yeah. They gave us some rights in the beginning where I could reset passwords and map printers. And then they took that away from us. So th- that first job really wasn't IT. It was just basically, like you said, a dispatcher, a ticketing dispatcher. Which by the way, um, and, and I've said this in previous podcasts, but I'm going to reiterate it because I, I think it's important. Um, the, uh, roles on a, on a help desk when you're, when you, when you're working on a help desk, um, seem to be some of the most valuable tools to learn, uh, when you're, <laughs> when you're, uh, you know, going into IT. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it, it definitely gave me a lot of good experience. Um, just commuting. Communicate, communicate. Oh, I can't talk right now. Communicate. That's, I have, that either. happens to me every time I do a pod. I think I messed up this one. It, it's a good thing. I think people are just ge- generally, they now just expect that I'm going to fumble over words and it's just uh, part of the shtick, right? So, no, go ahead. Sorry, Vaughn. Uh, no, no worries. Um, just communicating with people. Um, developing that skill, I think, is very underrated in IT. Um, I feel like most people, don't communicate enough. I like to over communicate, especially with the end users. I believe, you know, people, if people know you're working on your problem, on their problem and you give them updates constantly, then they probably will leave you alone. They won't get mad. So I learned a lot about that at that job. No, I, that's a communication is such a big key to, um, to anything. Um, and it kind of brings me into my next point too. Um, uh, 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 I would say you're a, a relatively, uh, newly experienced IT manager, right? Uh, it'd be a fair statement. <clears throat> and and I actually think that this is interesting because I deal, like a lot of these podcasts have uh, um, have dealt with a lot of people that have had a lot of, of experience in IT, right? Um, <clears throat> and what's interesting here is I get to see it now from the other side. And this is a really big, uh, um, a really big thing. And I, and I, and I really want, I want to dive into, I've got like a million questions here. So you're going to be inundated <clears throat> because I get it from one side, which is like, Hey, listen, we've been going through it. We've done it and stuff like that. We've got a bunch of people coming into the, um, IT field and, uh, and, you know, and they've got a different way of working and all this stuff. And, and I, Personally, I, I I am I'm blessed to work with an amazing team uh, who happen to have uh, um, you know I, I happen to be uh, 
have more experience than they do, right? And a lot of different things. And they teach me on a daily basis new things that I've never even thought of. And and the amount of I, I, mean, I just think to myself, going, what I, what a blessing to actually work like this because I actually get to be inundated in 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 new ideas all the time, new ways of working, and it challenges me to stay on top of my game and my in my perspective and not get caught in that trap of just this. We've always done this this way, and my way is the is the way. So uh, I'm interested now to kind of turn this around. What have you seen coming in, uh, you know, as a relatively uh, newly experienced IT manager um, and, and starting to kind of interact in, in that role with, and I'm, I, I'm sure you've, uh, you interact with uh, um, much more experienced uh, IT managers and stuff like that have been out there for a longer period of time. What's that interaction been like? Uh, it's been awesome for the most part. Now you mostly asking me like my interactions with people like that are senior to me or people that are either equivalent or below me. Well, not necessarily um, people that are uh, senior or below you or anything like that, because uh, from an org chart standpoint, really, it's just different. In, in my, this is how I view org charts. It, it's really uh, different responsibilities in different areas, right? Um, uh, um, org charts, in my opinion, are, are structured kind of, kind of oddly sometimes, and and and, and you have to draw diagonal lines and move the lines over here. And so I, I don't know. It, it's more about me about the responsibility and the roles and who who's responsible for doing what. And when I'm talking about that. You may have people in roles, and they could be uh, roles in which maybe you report through up to them, over to them, to the side of them, to you know, or different ways, or maybe they're just a colleague, but they may have more experience uh, um, over the time of be just being in the, the workforce longer, right? Uh, do you? Uh, uh, how is the um, uh, you know the day to day with that? Do you run into any obstacles? Uh, um, is there any? Uh, do you see it flowing really well? Yeah, for the most part, it it flows for the most part pretty well. I've kind of at first I was like, oh man, this isn't fun. Report like through my career, I've reported to multiple departments. Um, I don't know about you. I feel like most common IT kind of gets stuck into finance. That's what I'm accustomed to. But I've actually reported to three different departments before. So I've reported to finance, operations, and legal. Um, reporting to legal is actually pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was really odd at first, but I get to learn about, a lot about compliance. And and just that insight has now made me understand a lot more of why businesses operate the way they do, because I'd constantly be asking questions like, why are we doing this? This is way more complicated than it needs to be. We'll come to find out, you know, the, the government has X, Y, and Z that you need to comply to. So if anything, I've, I've learned a, a lot just from, just from that. At Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, we expect to win and we expect our IT directors to win. And one of those areas where we know that we can help you win is internet service providers. As an IT director tasked with managing internet connectivity, few vendor relationships can prove more painfully frustrating than the one with your internet service provider. The array of challenges seems never-ending, from unreliable uptime and insufficient bandwidth to poor customer service and hidden fees. It's like getting stuck in 
in rush hour traffic dealing with ISPs can try one's patience even on the best of days. So whether you are managing one location or a hundred locations, our back office support team and vendor partners are the best in the industry. And the best part about this is none of this will ever cost you a dime. I'm actually glad you brought that up because it's, you know, um, it's always been a, so IT was born out of finance, uh, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, that's where the numbers were. That's where um, you get a lot of the automation and and they, that's where the data was that had to be kind of, okay, wait a second, this is data that needs to be saved somewhere. Much people needed access it and everything. So that's why a lot of times you see IT reporting into finance and, and it actually makes sense too, <clears throat> because IT can drive a lot of cost um, uh, uh, savings and, and imp- improvements and stuff in that area. And, uh, but you're right. Uh, throughout my career, uh, I've, uh, you know, I've in- had to interact with multiple departments, uh, legal being one of the most fun. <laughs> it's always, they have such an interesting viewpoint on how everything works, you know, and, and you, and you're right. It's like the, you have, you have compliance is one piece of it with the, uh, with the government regulations and all that stuff. And then, and then you all have another side, which is contracts. I don't know if you've had a, have you had a, uh, yeah, that's a whole different animal, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've had all the legal people I've ever worked with in the office have been super nice. And then I've gotten in meetings with them and I haven't said a word. And I am like, you are a different person. <laughs> like they, they get way more cutthroat in a meeting than they do in the office. I, one of the most famous, I, I actually, um, one of the things I, I thought was just, uh, um, one of my favorite things was, um, I was in an office, uh, and, uh, we were talking back and forth, uh, with this really, really great, uh, um, lawyer. And, and, you know, that was sent on council and we're having this conversation about what we needed to do. And he's and he gets a phone call in his office. and He's like, wait a second. Right. And he answers the phone call. And I I had to I, I, I almost had to cover my mouth because I was going to laugh so bad because I was watching the interaction between them two on the phone and how quickly they came to, you know, well, I don't think if you look from your posture, I don't know. What, well, I mean, I've got this problem. And they like listed off all these different points really quickly. And then uh, they were like, well, so we agree we, we're going to go this route. OK, great. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. See, you know, and like in like a minute, they got to the things and you wonder, like, you know, you see these these television shows about, you know, these dramatic things that happen. Here was just a small exchange of they're like, well, I've got these things. Well, I've got these things. How about here? OK, we're good. You know, and it was just how they come to a decision really quickly, just running through their points. It was amazing to watch. And uh, and he gets back to the conversation. He's like, so, bro, what's going on? And I, you know, yeah. it's, you can go from that to this, you know. So um, it, it sounds like you've had some some experiences that uh, um, are close to that. Oh, for sure. And there's been times, too, where I've gone to meetings, into contract meetings, and come out and be like, all right, you got to find a new vendor. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, back to square one. It's not what I wanted, but here we are. It, it's, it is tough. But I mean, uh, without uh, without that legal team, you know, without somebody sitting in front there and and really, uh, um, you know, helping you in that regard, you, you can you can see how quickly you'd stumble into problems. Oh, for sure. I mean, thank God we have people like that because I drop stuff, off, I drop papers off with uh with my paralegal sometimes, and I don't understand how they just 
read documents all day. Like that is probably <laughs> sounds like the worst job I could possibly think of. But they must like it, right? I'm sure they look at your job and go, well, I don't know how he deals with those computers yeah. or I don't know how he deals yeah, with those. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so another interesting one is marketing. Have you had to get a chance to deal with marketing yet? Uh somewhat. Uh not as much as I'd like to, because I feel like their job's pretty fun. It seems like pretty creative, but, but I'm sure down the line I'll, I'll definitely be more involved with them. Why? What are your what are your experiences with marketing? I, I, I've you know, marketing has always been kind of an interesting one to me. I mean, you know, like I'm sitting here looking at your shirt and hat. I mean, you've got a little bit of marketing going on right now, right? So For sure, um, yeah. <laughs> right. But um, uh, I've actually, it's been interesting because I've used marketing in uh, uh, in a way to team up with them to help promote different things within IT that I wanted to happen. Like, for instance, if I was moving to a new ticketing system, right, um, I, you know, created a brand new brand for IT and was able to actually uh, push that brand out. Uh, and I've done this a couple couple different places. And so push the brand out IT, which creates some excitement and then it helps drive people to the new solution that you want, want to do. Um, uh, and, uh, it's been interesting when you can get a hold of marketing and get them excited about that and, and actually, you know, make sure you can, you know, they, uh, um, you know, the leadership allows you to do this. It's, it's amazing what they'll be able to push from a messaging standpoint, uh, out to the end users, uh, to be able to kind of communicate things that, you know, IT sometimes finds it hard to communicate. Oh, definitely. And and for the most part, I, be, I believe that organizations don't like change. So if you're, you know, implementing a ticketing system, having marketing behind it probably makes a world's difference because everyone will probably be bought in by the end of the uh, the email. I, I Yeah, I love it. And I think that um, if you, I wait for you to, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, I challenge you here to uh, um, next time you got something coming up and that you're you know, to see if you can get marketing on your side and help you push that out and see how well that, that push goes, you know, from a, from a messaging standpoint. Yeah. I'll definitely keep that now in the back of my head. Well, next time I'm rolling out some kind of big change, I'll, I'll probably contact them first, but like, Hey, can you help me communicate this and try to get everyone on board? So everyone doesn't hate me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, um, what, what got you into IT in the first place? Uh, so, I was trying to become a police officer and I did actually had a, I had a, uh, a job offer for the state and I started weighing my options. Um, and it kind of got to me and I was like, I don't think this is worth it at, at the end of the day now with, with everything they have to deal with. And on top of that, I actually didn't want to work shift work. I didn't feel like working nights again. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started looking at different avenues and I always liked video games. So then I started poking around um building a, a computer and i was like oh this is pretty fun and i did some more research on like where the it market was going and so then i decided to make a change and i kind of got super lucky uh, i was at that that um ticketing dispatching job and then i got hit by a recruiter and the recruiter was telling me hey i think your your background's a great fit for this company uh, how about you come in for an interview and i was like my background is terrible for this company i don't know why you're asking me to do this um, I just started this and this role seems a little bit more advanced for me. Uh, long story short, I went for the interview for that job. I didn't get that job because there was another person, another manager in the meeting interviewing me and he poached me, uh, for his, for his job. And that's where I got my first sysadmin role. And, wow. and it was kind of, yeah, that's where I really started my IT career was there. 
Well, that's fantastic, actually. That's a, what a great story uh, to be able to kind of you get poached out of an interview uh, for another meeting. That's that's great. And it's a smart manager to be able to do that. Yeah. That, so, he, I mean, he poached me because uh, he was in the military. So I wasn't I. So that's the main reason that he brought me over. Um, and he did not make my life easy either. I'll never forget. I showed up on my first day because he asked me before I started, like, oh, are you a Mac or PC guy? And I was like, I've always used PC, so if you if you can just give me a Lenovo, that'd be most appreciated. And I showed up with a Mac Pro on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was actually probably a good move on on on, on his part because all, what it, what he just did there, right? Was he took uh he knew you already had the skill set with uh um with the with the PCs, but now he's challenging you with the Mac. So you're on the job learning how to work a Mac. So now you can troubleshoot both. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at looking back on it now, I'm definitely super appreciative. Uh, but then on top of that, three weeks later, he he gave me a client to run. And I remember this is my first IT job ever. And now I was responsible for uh, a financial company in, in the back end of Boston. And here I am sitting there with a Mac that I'm learning as I go. And now I have to run this client. And you, but yet you survived and, uh, um, and lived to tell the tale about it. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would recommend that for, you know, any <laughs> managers out there managing MSP teams. I don't know if you should do that to your employees because it was uh, very stressful. <laughs> um, I, I, um, I was looking around, uh, at your posts on LinkedIn and one of them, oh, a couple of them, uh, I, you know, they were, uh, uh, as I was looking at them, I saw like a common theme and the theme was kind of a, um, a uh, 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 rising up against micromanagement. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to take a second because, um, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to jump into my thoughts on this yet. I want to hear what your thoughts are on uh, management style. Oh, great question. Cause this is actually the reason I also started my own company. Um, well, I'll, I'll circle back to that later. Um, as far as management goes, I have a lot of beef with micromanaging. Personally, I think if you micromanage, you're, you shouldn't be a manager. That's my hot take on that. Um, when it comes to managing, at least for me, uh, I let people try to figure things out. I will always be there for them. They need help. I will always help them. But you got to hire people that can do their job by themselves. And plus, I don't know. I haven't met a single person that likes to be micromanaged. I don't know about you. But I have yet to stumble upon someone that wants someone down their throat twenty four seven, telling them how to do something. Why do you think that um, uh, micromanagement happens? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with insecurity, in my personal opinion. On, on top of that, um, most likely their manager probably also micromanages. They probably have someone down their throat, you know, going at them day in and day out, probably making their life pretty stressful. So now it's just, you know, rolling downhill, basically. That's that's what I think for the most part. And that's, that's the, at least what I've seen for the most part as well. And and what do you think is the best way to counteract micromanagement? If you're being micromanaged, I'd probably say try to get ahead of the manager if you can. If you can kind of predict what they're going to want to do next and you already have it done, then I most likely believe that they would start to relax because they're going to recognize the fact that, oh, this, this person's already a step ahead of me. I probably don't need to be on them as much. It's a great, it's a great method. Actually, I, um, <clears throat> and I've used it before, uh, you know, uh, um, luckily, uh, throughout my career, I've been uh, lucky to have, uh, to not have to be micromanaged so much. Right. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes when I, you know, when you start to get micromanaged, that's when you take a second and, and, and step back and be like, okay, 
why, and I, and I like that your answer here, why uh, is this person uh, uh, think that I need to be micromanaged? And let's turn this inward. Let's look at me for a minute and say, okay, am I getting the items done that this person uh, um, wants? You know, am, <clears throat> am I meeting expectations that this person wants? And if those answers are all yes, then then a, I guess a conversation, right, would be warranted as to why. Okay, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, wh- where is this coming from? Why, uh, you know, why do you feel this need, uh, even though I'm meeting these expectations? And I, I think that's probably the the good move there. Um, what about? Let's flip around to because um, I, I recently read an article um, about the opposite of uh, of micromanaging, right? The hands off manager, which had mentioned that uh, yes, micromanaging is a uh, um, can be very detrimental, but also um, it, what can be detrimental is. Um, you know, uh, whatever the opposite of micromanaging is, right? <laughs> macromanaging? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was literally about to say, is it macromanaging? I have no idea if that's even the real word for it, but we're going to find um, out probably, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I, but my only thing with that is, is like, if you, if you have to like be on someone constantly day in and day out and you hired them, you made a mistake on day one, then like you, you, you messed up. So now you're paying for it. So now it's on you. Like, I don't even have sympathy for you at that point. Like <laughs> if you're going to be a leader, if it's, I mean, my approach to like anyone that I manage is if, if they fail at something, it's my fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's ownership, right? I mean, this, yeah. you, you have to take that ownership and especially if they, everyone that reports to you, right. Um, you're responsible for, you're responsible for making sure that they hit those deadlines. You're responsible for communicating the the, the deadlines and communicating the stuff. So um, I always feel like if, if someone is not doing what I ask, then I need to take a step back and say, what have I done or not done <laughs> to communicate effectively what's happening? And uh, and then I re-communicate it out. Um, what, so what about, what about, let's say, um, we're going to use the term macromanagement until we're corrected by someone. Uh, uh, but what about macromanagement? What about the opposite, the complete hands off? For, uh, for me, that's, that works for me. Um, I'm a very independent person. So, I mean, that works for me. And now like, what's your, what's your exact question though on macromanagement? Oh, I mean, it, can it be as detrimental as oh, micromanagement? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're not, because the way I look at that then is you're not communicating to anyone. So how is anyone going to know what they need to do? <laughs> so it's it's just as bad. I mean, it's I mean, there's definitely a easy middle ground you can find. Uh, but if I had to pick, I would pick macro. Like I wouldn't. I yeah. Well, I think you would. It sounds like you would, right? Because you would pick the macro one because then you would say, oh, you know what I can do? I can proactively just ask this person <laughs> some items yeah. that I need. What are the things you need to get me done? Great. Thanks. I'll go do them. Um, right. but, that, but not everyone's I'm, like that, right? For sure. Yeah, no. I mean, I, actually, I don't, think, I don't think most people like that, at least in my experience, coming across as people being micromanagers, it's been kind of slim. Um, but for the people that do micromanage, I, I don't understand how they do it because I look at it as like you're basically a full-time babysitter and I did not get into IT to be a babysitter. <laughs> why'd you why'd you hire anyone in the first place? Just do it yourself, right? I mean, yeah. that's it at that point. Um I no, I I agree. I, I you know, um, and I guess it goes back to communication style, right? I mean, that's uh um communication kind of plays pretty well in 
and and your style of management. I mean, if you're a good communicator and you're able to communicate effectively, uh, you know, what needs to get done, when it needs to get done, you know, uh, and general guidelines of things of how it needs to happen, then you the micromanagement or macromanagement it shouldn't really be an issue, right? Because it's it's really goes down to communication. Yeah, definitely. And well then on top of that too, I mean, everyone has their own way of doing things. So as long as the job gets done, then I don't care really how people do it. You know, right. It's right. There's multiple ways to do it. You don't have to do it a specific way. I've come across people that like are by the book, you have to do it their way and that's it. So as long as you as long as there's parameters that, you know, um, like you you mentioned earlier about compliance and pieces and stuff like that that need to get done. And in that case, as long as you've outlined the parameters and you've handed that way, you know, who who cares how it gets done (laughs) as long as it's done, done and done in time and done correctly. Right. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's there's information, I think, that can be imparted to make things easier. Right. Hey, uh, when you do this, be aware of these items that might pop up. And, you know, if, if any happen to pop up and you need help with them, come see me. But, yeah. uh, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I think it's good advice here, uh, about this. <laughs> um, so let's take that communication. Uh, has communication between, uh, uh, an up and comer, uh, IT manager and uh people that have been in uh uh IT management for a longer time uh has that been a issue at all or have you have you think that it's it's really a non issue and uh, uh what's your what's your take on it it hasn't been an issue for me um because i understand that i have now gotten myself into this position in a very short amount of time so when i when i am around someone that has 10 to 15 plus years experience i just shut up and i just start listening immediately um i'm very fortunate i have been surrounded by some really really smart people in different aspects of it whether it be like data storage or cybersecurity. um i have contacts for everything so i will contact them sometimes if i'm stuck so if i ever meet someone that's more senior than me i always just shut up listen and just try to take as much as i can from them Interesting. Very, very interesting uh, um, take. And, uh, you know, I've spoken with a lot of a lot of individuals who uh, are who who have actually they're they're uh, individuals that have been uh, in, you know, kind of my experience two two decades worth of uh, IT experience. Right. And they've and they've said, OK, um, we have individuals that are coming in to the uh, workforce that uh you know are a different generation uh are a different uh, you know may have different communication styles and i've actually seen them debate and discuss how to communicate effectively with uh um uh, you know d- different generations coming in right and it's a it's a hot topic it, like it's an actual actual debate about how do how do we communicate effectively because it it may be that it may have a different style. It may come over differently. It might come over wrong. Right. And, um, and I, I see this a lot it, and it's a, it's a big worry. It's a big, uh, and I wasn't worry as in like, we're, you know, they scared of it, but I, the individuals I speak to are very, very concerned that they may not be heard correctly and that, and they're proactively trying to figure out, uh, how to connect. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, now that I've set that up, 
just to show you how big of an issue it is, right? What do you say to what do you say to those folks, right? Uh, well, you know what what is, what are some of the 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 key uh, items to help them out, right? Uh, more accurate, uh, more accurately, better communicate over with you and uh, people that may have less experience. Uh that's not kind of funny. I say just be humble and kind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, just I, I guess like my biggest advice then would just be like just remember like you you started somewhere like you knew nothing at one point and that was probably a pretty overwhelming situation for yourself so just try to you know keep that in the back of your mind and when you're talking to someone just imagine that they're in that position you know just take it easy you know don't, you don't have to like dumb everything down because they might get offended by that as well if you're like breaking it down too much like obviously they might know certain basic things but i would say you know just remember that you started at some point you were a beginner you know in multiple things in your life so if you're explaining something to someone that isn't as familiar, you know, take that same approach um, and just, you know, just be humble about everything. That's what I try to do, at least when I, when I communicate with anyone, uh, whether it's, you know, communicating with management or communicating with someone that's having a problem, you know, a lot of people will come up to me and like, well, I have a stupid problem. Like, well, it's not stupid. Like, there's a reason I have a job and there's a reason you have a job. Like, we both <laughs> solve different problems. So it's like, it's like, it's like, relax. It's, it's going to be okay. You don't have to apologize for it. It's why I'm here. I love that. And, and, and it is true too. It's, it's very true. You know, um, it, it's interesting. It, it, you know, you, you, I asked that question and it's such an easy answer on your part. Respect, right? I mean, being yeah. humble and kind and just respecting me, uh, and, and you get that back. And it's such an easy kind of response back. You know, it's not like you, there's a, some secret formula. It's probably the same thing that you wanted when you uh, were first starting out. I absolutely love that response because it's just such an easy response. And it's such a great amount of, um, uh, uh, it's such a great and easy thing to tell somebody that they can relate to, right? Everyone can sure, relate yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing too. If you, I mean, that's a, that's a good icebreaker too. If you, if you, if you know, that you're about to go talk to someone and you know i don't know if you do research about them beforehand or you, you hear them talking about something to someone else and you're like oh i can relate to that then i think it makes a world's difference especially if you are trying to explain something to someone um it related and you can you can break it down into something they already know and make a connection so they understand it better absolutely so so let's um and i think that's and that's a huge one is 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 being able to relate those those items let's talk about um, some of the challenges that you have, IT related uh, challenges that you have um, encountered, some of the things that you um, are constantly uh, surprising you and things that you go, you know, I didn't, I, I, when I came in, I didn't know this was so prevalent of an issue. Yeah. Um, probably cybersecurity, actually, that, that whole domain. Um, mostly because I feel like we hear about it so much, but the moment you inconvenience someone, it's like, nope, I don't want that. This makes it way harder. And it's like, well, you have heard all these stories about these companies, you know, having ransomware and, you know, they're getting DDoS attacked. So there's a reason we're implementing this. Like, nope, I don't care. I'm not here. It's not going to happen to us. I just want it to be convenient. That's probably what has still shocked me to this day because where it's 2023 and it's not like cybersecurity is like this new thing that's that's been around now for a hot minute it it it, it you know what and you and i share the same the same uh you know amazement 
that somebody can say, I want to be, I want all the latest cybersecurity. And then when you tell them you're going to take local admin off their machine, they go, <gasps> you know, you know, it might surprise people, but um, I don't have local admin on my machine at all. You know, uh, I, I operate daily with not having a low, uh, not being a local admin on my machine. And, uh, um, and I actually sleep better at night because of it. <laughs> Cause I know, <laughs> I know I'm not going to go to a website, get something and it's going to install itself. It's going to come up with a prop saying I can't. Uh, right. uh, and it's such, it's such an easy, easy thing to do. It does cause a little bit of inconvenience when you need to install a new app application. But, uh, you know, I, I sit back and I submit a ticket to my own desk, you know, and say, hey, I need this application installed, well, you know, and uh, it's amazing to me that that's, you know, that y- we still encounter that. We still I mean, encounter good, it. Yeah, and good on you too. Like, that's awesome that you're, you, I mean, uh, what was your, what's your job title? Are you the CIO? Uh, I'm a CIO for uh, an MSP. Okay, so if the CIO doesn't have admin rights on his computer, then no one can complain. <laughs> <laughs> like that's great that is great leadership right there that's setting an example so i commend you for that that is awesome thank you and i wish more people would do that and actually going back to one other thing that you said that was kind of funny um when people say especially when you get to the more like senior people and they're like we want to be secure we don't want to get attacked you're like excellent then you go out and you get whatever you get and then you show them the cost and then they're like we don't need to be that secure and I'm, that, always, that also always like surprises me. It, well, you know, it's like those shows that you see, uh, um, you know, like uh, um, I forget what channel it's on, TLC or you know, wait, where you go, uh, you go on there and they're they, it's like a property. They're they're buying houses, right? And uh, it's like, you know, property brothers and all those types of things. You go, so you go out and they show you the uh, they show you this house and they're like, yes, this is everything I want, and they're like. And this is the price. And they're like, let's find something different. <laughs> and, and then it would then then what happens, right? Then it becomes, okay, well, now what's really important to you, right? Because if you can get everything, great. But that's not usually the case, right? We no. we know that you can't get everything in this world. So then it then it becomes, okay, well, what what are the things that are important? What do we feel like we need to uh we need to spend? Uh, you know, what is where what are the um the risks associated with not having these different pieces and components and everything. Yeah, it's a that's a huge one. I, I'm glad you brought that up because and there's you know it's funny too. There's lots of stuff that does cost money in security, but there's some stuff that doesn't cost anything, and uh, and some of it's very simple. Uh, MFA, uh, you know, uh, if you're not on MFA, why? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> um, controlling your uh, uh, you know your assets and understanding where your assets are, <laughs> you know. Not a big asset management systems are actually not that expensive right at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, documenting changes. I, I mean, they, these are things that are very, very simple, and they're actually not uh, a lot of money to um, uh, to incorporate. And then you you get these things down under your belt um, and get those things right as you're starting to implement. How about just this uh, policy and procedures? Yeah, it's probably the easiest one. Right. <laughs> and but it, it's one of the hardest to implement. Have you yeah. ever have you had a chance yet to implement it? Yeah. So like not me myself, but I've been part of, you know, a couple of people that we all work together and and then implement it. Yeah. And so and when you were implementing it, what what was the toughest part of implementation? 
I, I mean, probably convincing people to actually do it. I mean, I always, one of the biggest things for me too, and I think this is lacking in IT, is if you just explain to someone the why behind it and they understand it, then they'll be like, okay, I'm on board. And, and I don't understand why more people aren't more willing to like explain things, not in, like, in a non-IT way to people to just try to have them understand like, oh, okay, I know this is inconvenient or oh, this makes it a little more difficult, but I understand the reason why. And okay, I'll, I'll follow the procedure. That Dakota is a marketing concept. <laughs> that is a, <laughs> yeah. It is. That's a marketing concept. That's, that's a, uh, you know, how do we convince people that this is something they should do? Well, tell them why they need to do it you know, what the impacts are and then, you know, and, uh, um, and, and, and what's going on. And most of the time when you tell people that I agree with you, they, they go, Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I should, I should probably do that then. So yeah, I mean, like one of the things I have to do, that's a little inconvenient. It's not IT related is I work, I've worked in a lot of labs. Like most of my background for IT is actually biotech. Um, nice. I like have to get, you know, suited up when I go into certain labs and so, sometimes I'm like literally getting suited up to plug in an ethernet cable. But I, I understand the why, so I don't mind doing it, even though it's it's taking me longer just to put the suit on than just to actually do the work. Do you feel like when when you're like that, do you feel like you're like, you know, like an um, astronaut trying to plug something in? <laughs> I've got this giant glove and I'm trying to... The, the one thing I think about when I'm doing that, actually, and this this is kind of funny, is um I don't know if you're familiar with Monsters, Inc., but they yeah. have... Yes, the guys in like the yellow suit that go in, like you know, the hazmat suits. That's what I think of when I put those things on. And I'm going in the lab, like to do whatever I'm doing. Is like I'm one of those characters from the from the Monsters Inc. movie. The, the 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 best thing in Monsters Inc. that I always took away was the uh, um, lady that just sat there and was like, "Always watch." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I don't know I just it's always and there's I always find somebody in an organization that's like that you know oh, they just sure. walks always watch <laughs> <laughs> it's also it's always like someone that you're like I didn't even know you were that you know you were that attentive to things <laughs> I I usually catch them too if I you know uh, in in fact when I was more, you know, jumping out and, and helping people with issues, which I absolutely love to do, by the way. Um, and anytime I can do it, I, I, you know, I, I go and replace somebody's uh, uh, beeping uh, uh, computer or fix a problem on their operating system. I miss those days sometimes because um, I would the, the joy and the smile that you would get for fixing somebody's problem and them knowing that they don't have to deal with that anymore is just priceless and oh, yeah. uh i sometimes just kind of i wish of like you know man i might just end my career back on the help desk just so i can smile every day by fixing everyone's problem <laughs> god bless you then let me more power to you i, I don't want to go back to help desk and i don't <laughs> mind doing it and i and i completely agree but even like to go like one step further i think like the best thing to do is i love when i can implement something that like chops the time in half so now they have more time to do whatever, or now they have more time to like, you know, get out of work and like spend time with their friends and family and stuff like that. Like, that's the coolest thing to me is if I can that's implement the, a system that cuts it, that cuts the time in half. And now you have more time in your life to do whatever you want. That's the sysadmin in you. That's yeah, the, uh, sure. <laughs> that's the engineer going, wait a second, I can do this more effectively. Yeah. Like that, that's that, probably my, my favorite part. That makes it, it makes a really, that, um, it's interesting that, <laughs> pardon me, that trait 
makes a really interest, uh, really, really talented um, uh, uh, system admin, which is, uh, hey, how can I make something more efficient, right? And how can I, um, and it's born out of, uh, it's born out of this, I don't want to keep doing this thing that I don't, why am we doing it this way? We don't need to do that this way. It's so much better to do it this way. It's easier. It's faster. It's quick. I can see it. Why can't you? Right. And, and so that's the tough part I see sometimes is, and, you know, tell me if you see this as well, but you have really talented sysadmins that come up with some great ideas, but have a hard time communicating them. Yeah. Uh, probably 50 50. So it's and been... what do you say to, uh, what do you say to them, uh, on, and to try and improve, uh, any, any of their communication skills to, to actually get their ideas across? Most of the time I try to like kind of t- try to talk them off a ledge. <laughs> like, <'cause laughs> most time, like it's gotten to that point that they're coming to me like that. They're just like so wound up. And I honestly, I just try to like, you know, relax them. And like, hey, take a deep breath. Like, we'll get through this. And then I just kind of work with them. I, I mostly try to get how like they're feeling. And then, like I said, just get them more in a, a relaxed state because I feel like if you're trying to commute anything and you're not relaxed, then it's not going to go well. Have Have you yet in your career have you reached the point? Um, and and we um, uh, we used to call them, and I'm not sure if they still call them this anymore. Um, <clears throat> but it's a uh, um, an RGE. Uh, a resume generating event <laughs> where where you you realize that if you don't fix this thing right that you're going to be updating your resume have you gotten to that point yet have you ever have you had that experience uh yeah i would say yes but like not probably for the same reasons because i'm i'm pretty relaxed about everything for the most part just because maybe it's maybe this is a bad way to look at it but pretty much everything we do really isn't that life-threatening you know, there's people out there that have a lot more dangerous jobs. So I try to like keep that in mind. However, I, I get, I get really mad at poor leadership, like really mad. Like I will, I will, I will take a heavy, a heavy pay cut for good leadership all day, every day. Everyone on here in the business folks that are listening should, should really, really take this to heart because, um, personally, I have taken pay cuts before for better leadership. You know, you know, I, luckily I've had a lot of good leadership in my uh, career. Um, and I've been blessed to have a lot of good, uh, a lot of good leaders to learn from and everything like that. But I have, I have done that. I have taken pay cuts for, uh, uh, for good leadership. So what you just said is, uh, rings home and it's, and it's a hundred percent true. Uh, and people should be aware of it. Um, money is not the leading, uh, uh, item as much as we think it is. Uh, um, people will only stand so much. Um, I think communication is effective and every time, and I, I want to put this out here because, um, I think it's, I think it's a big deal. Every time that I, um, you know, have thought to make a change like that, I've always communicated, uh, with the, you know, with the manager or with, or, or, or to the manager's manager or something like that. And, and had that conversation first, uh, once or twice. To see if it mo- uh, we can modify it and change it, and give and give the benefit of the doubt. Um, and most of the time, it's been fixed mm-hmm. uh, by having that. Very rarely has that ha- you know had to happen where I've had to leave because of that. But um, there have been a few cases, when unfortunately, that uh, that were the case. Um, and uh, I, I, I go back to what you said earlier, which is that communication, right, is so key, uh, and it's so key because. A lot of times we can get 
frustrated. We can get upset, right? But we forget that the person that we're frustrated at or the thing that we're frustrated, you know, it exists because of someone else and maybe they're frustrated and maybe they don't understand. And a lot of times uh, sitting down, having tough conversations can resolve a lot of those items. Uh, But um, have you had to have uh, tough moments, tough conversations in your career uh, so far? Yeah, I'm I'm very um, real or open, so I don't hide anything. Like I put everything out there. So when people talk to me, I think they get really comfortable with me because I know like there's not going to be a single lie coming out of my mouth. Like whether you want to hear it or not, it's I'm going to say it. Direct um, communication. Yeah, <laughs> and so there's definitely been times uh, where I've had to go into my leadership. Uh, luckily, I've been in the same boat as you. Um, I've seen both sides. Um, but when this has happened to me, the person I'm going to has recognized it and we've been able to deal with it uh and resolve it actually pretty quickly so i've been very fortunate uh, in that sense um another comment i wanted to make too with the, with the leadership is another thing that frustrates me and in, in this actually at least with where i am you know on the totem pole um watching someone else's leadership not be you know up to par and knowing there's nothing you can do about it that's that's a pretty bad feeling in my opinion too that's interesting, right? Because it's not it's not generally your area. It's not your uh is it kind of where you're going? It's it's not my area. It's it's not my I you know, I I can't do anything about it because it's not that piece and and getting involved wouldn't be the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. And and I'd like this this isn't my place. I mean, however though, if you work at a company, especially the higher you go, like you you work with other departments more frequently. So if everyone's on board and you know if, if everyone's not playing nice together it, it it takes an effect on the company at least in my opinion it absolutely does every department's like a cog in the wheel and uh, if if one of them's not working right then then you're going to be affected especially if we're talking about you know um you know like for instance IT uh using uh finance or legal department or anything like that if the legal department isn't moving and you can't get your contract signed you can't get your um solutions deployed then that's a problem mm-hmm. you know um anytime any part of the organization starts to stall uh you know that becomes an issue uh, I, I remember when i uh, um was working uh, for a company um and uh we, there was a uh um there, there was a, 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 a tornado that hit and uh, they were unable to, you know, everyone had to leave because of the tornado and they couldn't call the people back. Um, and so I took the IT department, part, part of the IT department, who were already familiar. We we're the only ones that were familiar with how to run shipments. And we knew that if we didn't get these shipments out the door, that it would, it would affect uh, the clients that we had in a very, very negative way. Um, so I grabbed them and we took them and we went to a, um, over to the other, uh, um, department and we just started doing that job and we yeah. got all of the, all the stuff out, you know, and it wasn't our job. We weren't it. Uh, we were, we were it. We weren't part of the shipping department, but we had a unique skill that understood how to quickly adapt and do a thing right and you know um we put people on there and i had people taping boxes i was too and and we were shipping things out the door and it all got out and so we didn't have a disruption but it's an example of 
uh, a department knowing that if that doesn't happen, that there's going to be serious consequences uh, for the clients in that regard. And, uh, and it, it was, it, you know, uh, um, it was a, it was a nice moment that we got it done and, and that we were able to do it. And it turned out that um, it, the morale for that IT department uh, um, that they, they like wore it like a badge. They loved it. They, you know, and they were like super happy that they got to be a part of the team and do that. You know, they, none of them complained about it. They were actually really excited that they were able to, you know, help the company and help the, um, co- you know, the clients out. Right. Well, and on top of that too, you know, I mean, whoever's job it was, you know, originally I'm going to, I'm going to assume it's like shipping, receiving, right. Um, I'm assuming that you guys had a really good relationship with them and that's why your guys were also willing to step in and help them because you understand like, Hey, no, these guys, these guys, everything out on time, you know, they're just, they're in a pinch right now. Let's, let's help them out. Cause they're part of our team. You know, we're all part of the same company. So I think the relationship, you know, between that's where the, the relationship with the departments really shines because even though it's not IT's job, they don't care because they care about their coworkers and they're just going to jump in just to get the job done. And that that's priceless. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, you know, it, specifically in that, in that arena, we had talked with that department quite extensively because they had a, a shipping, uh, you know, anytime they had shipping errors is a bit really big deal. So we were always constantly on the phone with them trying to resolve shipping errors very quickly. So they got to be, but they got to be friends and buddies. So, uh, you know, from a coworker standpoint, so you make a good point. That's absolutely, that's absolutely accurate. <clears throat> um, I want to, um, uh, uh, jump into our last segment, which is, um, the IT crystal ball future of IT. I've asked this question and I get so many cool answers. And I love this segment because it's, uh, it's visionary. It's a, it's a, Hey, you know, it, it could go this way. It could go that way. And it's educating folks to start thinking about it so that they can uh, um, help shape the future and see where this is going. Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, where do you think IT is going in the next five years? And I'm going to let you kind of run anywhere with this uh, because I'm, I'm just curious as, uh, uh, you know, where you're going to take this. Uh, I mean, also, I mean, I think it's kind of funny. Next five years, that's, that's a good question, too. Uh, well, considering the fact that my company does have the word AI in it, and it's mm-hmm. probably the hottest buzzword right now. <laughs> um, I, side note, I mean, I think it's kind of funny how I feel like zero trust was the hottest buzzword, and now we're on to AI. So mm-hmm. I'm actually already sick of hearing AI. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> I, I think in the next five years, um, you'll see a lot more uh, automated tasks through AI, especially in like the operations part. Um, I think a lot more stuff will be more streamlined. And I think a, a lot of stuff actually will will be handled by less people, which I don't know if is a, is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and on top of that, too, I believe that uh, cybersecurity is going to get a lot more difficult, too, because I think AI is going to make it a lot easier for, um, you know, criminals um, to uh, execute on whatever they're trying to do even more easily through AI technology. So I think the next five years is probably going to be a really, really interesting um, take on um, on what's going to happen with AI. And I'm also interested to see what, what regulations they're going to put around it, because I think that's going to be probably the most important thing, because if they let it run wild, then we're in for a, definitely a roller coaster ride. It's interesting, too, because um, as uh, someone that uh, I... I sit here with uh, um, AI and uh, um, and you know 
I, I have this love hate relationship with it, right? Because uh, um, it gives me uh, a, a wide, it gives me, it's almost like I can talk back and forth with somebody that's not in the room and I, and, and virtually bad, but at the same time, it's not a person and it, uh, and I'm constantly having to correct it. I'm like, nope, that's not right. Did you think of this? Did you? So it's like a whole conversation I'm having and and it's and it's very insightful but it's also frustrating right and so it's yeah. this love hate relationship with it um but then i say okay well you know we evolved this we know that it uh you know um sometimes uh, uh dreams up answers uh we know that it uh you know you know sometimes it just it comes up with things that you're like what are you i i, I didn't even ask this I, that you're so far off you know and i go back to look at what i asked i'm like do i need to tweak what i asked did i ask it incorrect if you don't give it the right prompts it will it will give you the wrong answers and what we know about people is if somebody listen if i go and uh um uh, uh design a phone system and uh and and I'm very careful about exactly how it goes. You know, 30% of the people are not going to follow that phone system. They're, they're going to yeah. come in the wrong way. They're going to, you know, and, and I, I still don't know how that happens. And they just come in the wrong way that they, they end up in the wrong thing. Sometimes they end up in, and I'm like, I don't even know how you got there. I, how'd you, how'd you even get around to that, that, that specific extension? <clears throat> so then the question is, if they can do that to a phone system, you know, what can humans do to AI to make it just not work, right? And if you're talking yeah. and telling me that we're going to reduce uh, uh, the amount of people that, you know, will be doing these repetitive tasks, replace it with uh, AI and automate it, uh, it, all I'm thinking in my head is then all of those people that were doing those repetitive tasks uh, will probably just have to be retrained to uh, fix all the problems that come through from uh, having it automated and going the wrong way, right? right. I mean, well, and on top of that too, like you were just saying, I mean, right now, I, I mean, personally, I think the AI right now is overhyped. Like you just said, you it's have to very, keep correcting it. Yeah. Right. So, like five we're years, training, we're training it, right? Yeah. I mean, we're essentially we're, we're essentially training AI right now to be better later on. Yeah, and in another concern too, like that, that it's gonna come out of this. And we we've been talking about it the entire podcast is communication. So if if people just get accustomed to communicating with the screen and they stop communicating with people, uh, then I'm I'm gonna be really interested to see how we function, you know, going forward as a team and as a society. If we're all all we're accustomed to is talking to a computer screen. That's a good point, and I want to also caution everybody because uh, I can tell. That you write emails with any type of AI, if it starts with, I hope you find this well, right? <laughs> please, 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 when you type, when you get that cop, just copy it, paste it, and remove that first line. Like, just let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the, right? I mean, is that like the yeah. tag, you know, you know, the, the that's the tag, you know, it's like, oh, look, they, they AI, AI emailed me. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, and, and also for me too. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like the world's best speller. So, they someone <laughs> might get an email I'm like, "Hey, Cody spelled everything right. This doesn't. This doesn't add up." Oh, I revised mine. Yeah. Oh, I, I, no. 100. I'm going to use that. I use it all the time. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it ends up taking more time, right? Because yeah. I'll write an email and then I'll submit it. It'll revise it. Then I'll have to reread it and then I'll have to correct it, resubmit it, 
re-revise it. Re- and then I'm like, okay, I should have just sent the email that I sent because this is taking right. too long. Like yeah, you just well, end up, yeah. it, it, right, vicious cycle. Yeah. And well, like you said, five years from now, like it might not be, it might just be like, you just do it once and you're done. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Let's <laughs> Hopefully. Hope. Let's yeah. hope. I, I don't know what they start. Didn't they feed in? Um, uh, uh, didn't they just like they fed in? There was a, a um, report they they took uh, um, data from an AI into another AI and it made it worse. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it's apparently yeah. it needs the human data, not the AI data, to to get better. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All that, and then plus, it's like what I'm also interested to see what information is being fed into it because obviously that that's another area that people don't really talk about as much. Is like, all right, what data is allowed to be fed to AI. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's actually been a um, a subject of contention uh, with artists and uh, uh, and people that hold the patents on things and and uh, and uh, you know uh, um, authors. Uh, and, and there's been some comedians that have uh, have uh, been suing. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. Like, you know, what are you allowed to put in? You know, uh, are you allowed to put in something here that can turn around and just pattern it up and repeat it back out maybe not in the same way but similar yeah well and i'm I'm also wondering like go back to like what you just said like with musicians comedians i can't get behind the ai thing because they're like all right a computer generated this so to me it's like way less impressive so i don't have nearly as much as appreciation as i would if it was coming from a person right no agreed um and i'm with you on that i actually think that there's a value to human generated art and i actually separate the two uh because there's some times where i go you know what i wonder what this would look like in my head and i don't have access to a human artist and i'm not going to do it because i'm not good at drawing right and so i i will go on ai and and type this crazy prompt of something and then i get four fun little pictures and i look at it and go (laughs) yeah that's 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 kind of how i thought it would be (laughs) But that's the extent of the AI art, you know, uh, that I'll use. Because if I try to grab something and make it right now, and, and you can't even use words, like it, it can't even type words correctly because of the way that it, uh, um, the way that it dreams up and, and creates something. It's almost like this dreamy, uh, um, semi-real uh, um, aspect. And I know you can play around with the different pieces of it, but I still, I, I don't think it. You can't pass it off. I can always tell when I look at news articles that they're using an AI uh, to generate the art. Yeah, like, oh yeah, I, it still has like yeah, it, it's like too um, too crisp. I guess yes. is the way I would describe it. Yeah, and then too crisp, and then there'll there always be a little something that's not right that gets just right. off, right? You know, it, and uh, and I think you're right. I think there's a passion to um, humans. Uh, and the way that they create art, create art that's different than computers. Not to knock computer art. Like, I don't knock it. It's its own little thing. And uh, and for the computers out there that will eventually uprise uh, and take over, I'm not knocking your art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, same thing with music, right? You know, you know, electronic music is huge now, and I'm not knocking it. I don't mind it. It's not my right. favorite genre to listen to, but uh, by all means, it should definitely be around because it can do some cool things. But, I mean... The other thing is, is with artists and, you know, musicians and comedians is I like to listen to a lot of them because of their story. And I ain't going to get a story with some AI generated, you know, art piece or music. Now, when we do, that might be something uh, to happen. But uh, if that's the case, I'm pretty sure I won't be alive for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I don't know how that's going to. I mean, 
I guess the AI robot would have to be, you know, world, world like worldwide and like known if for like a couple of years for that to be the case. But even still, it's like, like a a true Wally story, right? Like, yeah, ex- yeah, point. exactly. Yeah, or like real life R two D two. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds, I'm Michael Moore hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I've been here with Dakota Bates, IT manager at SES AI Corp. Dakota, thank you so much for jumping on the program. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, I wish you luck in the future and can't wait to have you back on. Thank you very much. And I definitely will come back on. This was a great time. Thank you, Michael.